0: Welcome to the Third Space Podcast. My name is Faiza Farah and I am your host. Thank you to everyone that listened and tuned in to last week's episode, our very first episode. Thank you for sharing it. Um, I've gotten such great feedback from folks from all over the world. Uh, So I appreciate you taking a moment and listening to our podcast. And when you have another moment, um, like it and share it. it. is also really helpful to have the podcast rated. So once you finish listening to it and you want to rate the podcast, please go ahead and rate the podcast and leave a review. Thank you in advance for for helping our little podcast along and 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 sharing it with with folks. So this week for me has been a little heavy. Um, I don't know if it's it's been you know the unrelenting pandemic or um, or just Racism in general, um, but this week has been really heavy for me, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but for me this week I I had a poem just come to me, you know, um, and and this poem um, is a poem that many of us have heard hundreds of times, and it was like my my heart, my mind, my spirit was calling this poem up into me so that I could use it. Um, to heal in this moment. And so I wanted to read this poem that I'm sure you've heard of. Um, and, um, And hopefully this provides you with a little bit of healing as it did for me. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like the moon and like the sun, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard, because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Aw. Does it come as a surprise? that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling and bearing in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into the daybreak, miraculously clear, I rise bringing in the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave. I rise. I rise. I rise. That was Still I Rise by the Incomparable Queen, Maya Angelou. My guest this week is a beautiful spirit and so, named Saturn, they are a performance tour Their recent project, Venus Virgo, is available where music is streamed. But please, buy their work on Bandcamp. They can be followed on their now verified Instagram, at Saturn Rising, and the G is with a 9 instead of a G. I really enjoyed speaking to Saturn. It was a beautiful conversation. I really hope you enjoy this conversation between myself and Saturn.
1: Yeah, I know that just been killing me. I've from myself for a long time and I keep reflecting back on me how I made it through the storm Hi Saturn hi how
0: <laughs> you doing
1: i'm black and beautiful how are you
0: same actually. i
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> that was <a> setup question
0: <laughs>
1: i'm like i know you I what am i <laughs>
0: I am so, so honored that you made some time so we could have a conversation. You are literally my second guest for this podcast. Um, welcome. Um, I, guess, I guess let's get started at the beginning. Um, uh, we're friends. We know each other. But uh, for the listeners out there, where did you grow up?
1: I am from the Bay all day, every day. Um, I grew up, I actually, um, I was born in Oakland, but like when people say where they're born, I'm like, but that was just for like a day or so, you know, (laughs) so that don't really count. But I was born in Oakland and then I like, my family's from Richmond, California. So I spent a lot of time um, from like zero to seven in North Richmond, California, which is formerly the third murder capital of the country. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, great people there. And I really learned a lot about survival and, um, uh, finesse there because I also went to a white private school at the same time. So I got to like see, um, the dualities and some like the, the dualities, the difference and the similarities of, um, each, each place and you know, how many of the same people exist in both places. You know what I mean? Um, And then I moved to Hercules, which is a mostly POC suburb in in the Bay Area. It's a little north of um, Richmond and Berkeley. It's, like, more towards Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there is kind of where I, like, I don't really know what I learned in Hercules, to be honest, because I stayed in my house a lot. I've been thinking a lot about COVID and how I was built for this. Because, oh, wow. um, well, because like, you know, my mom was a working, sickening black mom, and right. I did not have my dad helping. So mm. she had to get those jobs. And I didn't really have a lot of summer activities. So I was in the house all summer watching the stories, <laughs> you know, yeah. waiting for her to come home. so like I had somebody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's where I'm from.
0: Did you, did you notice uh, from your like upbringing from like, being in Richmond to going to the private school, did you notice the disparities uh, very quickly? Or like, what were some of the observations that you made from like, going into a place that was very different from where you were, but also maybe s- similar in some ways?
1: Well, I did notice the difference in money and opportunity. There was a lot of things that my friends were doing that I just didn't have concept of. Like I went to school, elementary school with the girl that sang Mommy, wow, I'm a big kid now. Like, she was my classmate, my friend. And she would be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. But she was, like, you know, a whatever student. She wasn't that special or anything. But I think I knew because her parents had access that she just, that was just something she could do because she wanted to. Um, Whereas, like, you know, I had to, like, beg my mom to take me to the all that. Auditions. They were doing like auditions for like a new season of all that. And just even the thought of my mom having to like show up for that. And I think about it from her perspective now, because when I was a kid, I was like, just take me. But in her mind, it was like, I don't even know how to be around these kind of people. I don't know if they're going to ask me for money. Like just all these fears that we as adults fear of of, like about taking certain chances. Um, I think I noticed that that was just something that I had to contend with at the time and um but with similarities i realized everyone has dysfunction and i also realized that my um black neighborhood and um family were some of the most loving people and best people in the world especially considering um circumstances we i didn't grow up around a lot of um angry people i didn't grow up around a lot of um you know like no one really talked about my identity but everyone like knew that I was different than them and still like showed me a lot of you know laughter and like kept me in the room like you know I never had to go away I I could be a part of everything and that was just kind of like I didn't really get that kind of loving vibe when I was at my white school
0: Oh that's so interesting You know which is like so like counter the narrative that we are told about how open and receptive and loving we are as a black community towards our, our queer LGBTQ brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I will say at the same time, I did experience my first bouts of, um, uh, homophobia, uh, within the black community. And I think, it's, it, it's it's funny, because I think in the Black community, we have... Everybody has a cousin, a sister, a brother, somebody who is, you know, um, an LGBTQIA plus member of the community. And it's just one of those things where, like, you know, if we're lovable, people will be silent about it, which is sad that we have to, like, have some sort of lovability, but, or, like, you know, be able to be lovable. But... You know, like, and, and and I also think that's what creates in a lot of us, like, the gift of performance, right? <laughs> right. Because we know how to perform for love and we know how to perform for attention. So, yeah, to be seen. So, I think where I did learn a lot of that love, I also learned a lot of that, like... Um, that ability to like uh, either hide or work for it. You know, like, I think that's like, I'm so blessed to be a, <laughs> this is so funny to say, but I'm so blessed to be a Leo because I'm like, okay, you guys want me to perform in order to be seen and her? Got it. Easy done. Now, when you want to talk about me privately and, and like my emotions, that's going to be a little harder because beyond LGBTQIA, we, Black people are, really um older black people i will say struggle with their internal vibe and their emotion how they feel so
0: right right
1: five minutes in and i didn't talk about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: well yeah i i i I guess in, in in many ways you were kind of primed for the career you have now um Oh, Tell me about Saturn. When was Saturn born? Ooh.
1: Well, Saturn was probably born during a pay-per-view Spice Girls concert.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> the one live in Istanbul. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, you know, I was obsessed with them. They were like freedom leaders to me. Um mm that energy. I really feel like, sometimes I think like, were they like commissioned by the government of the world to like bring happiness? Because they really were all like, who else has ever been like, we don't care what you are. It's about love. You just got to give love to the girl next to you, the boy next to you, whoever you are, love each other. Like there was never, and then they all were different. So it was like, Whether you're like the 70s pinup or the baby or the sporty or the bougie or the black. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? That was the position. (laughs) It was limited to one. Um,
0: (laughs) And she was scary.
1: Listen, I was waiting for that part. I was like, do I say it? If you say it, who says that? (laughs) 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 <laughs> but, you know, like, they really did provide a service of, of of that. And I think I took that on as, like, a purpose in the world. I was like, you know what? I understand the need for that. I understand the need for ultimate acceptance on so many levels. And um, I just, my performance space for me around, like, being a kid just became about being this full being and being, like, that you-shaped hole in the world. So like when I was 10, actually when I was all through elementary school, I used to draw these bodies and usually they were nude. I don't know why, but at some point I drew a picture of myself and who I imagined I would be when I was 17. And that person had like long hair, all these piercings, a crop top, like just whatever I assumed I wanted to be. And I would say probably by... Probably around seventeen, like I started to like feel that vibe out. Like I was like, "Oh, I want to go to the clubs and turn it," and you know, like I just yeah. it just all started to line up. And so I will say Saturn actually does have a birthday. They were born, I think, like in March of twenty of two thousand eight or something like that. And I just remember, like, dang, this is a long story, but I remember her going to a party for the first time. I was such a introvert when I was in high school I never went to parties and I went to the party I went to a party for the first time and I was I heard Saturn as a name going out of the door because we were all like oh we're gonna have fake names and my one girl she was like I'm gonna be Brianna and then my other girl was like she's gonna be something Eva or something and then I was like I'm gonna be Saturn they were like (laughs) <laughs> and I was like it's cute like follow you know go with me <laughs> so we go to the party on frat row in Berkeley which is to say white frats okay alphabetists oh, whatever who else yes. and every person in that party was like gagging for Saturn like they caught the gig they were just like oh okay I get her I see what's going on and, like, you know, boys are like, uh, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, "About <laughs> <"No>, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the gag is at the time I was kind of lying about who I was. Like, I was like, oh, I'm, like, a singer. Yeah, I make songs. And I think I had made, like, some demos, but I had done nothing with them. Mm. But people were just down for the vibe of it. So I feel like... Saturn was like born over like a course of a couple of trials of like try like free trials like I was like okay is this working is this working is working and it just came to me and um the wrap-up of 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 that is that weekend that I went to the party was the first confirmation because it was like all right I'm living in this new identity at least for myself like Saturn was a whole new thing for me and I'm I, I just like let go of any inhibitions and I was like okay I'm going as this person people liked this person okay great the next day I remember there was a Saturn um or no I listened to a Steve I had searched Saturn as a name and then the Stevie Wonder song Saturn came up and some of the lyrics are I'm going back to Saturn where the rings all glow where there's um rainbow something in orange snow and orange was fo- uh, foreshadowing but the whole point of the song was just like I'm going to go somewhere where I can be different and see things in a nice way and where people are, you know, good to people and all these other things. And the very next day was the MTV awards. And I remember the um, Saturn car commercial and their tagline at the time was rethinking everything. And me and my friends kind of had that motif. So it just kind of came to me, you know?
0: Oh God, that's so beautiful. And just to think that like as, as a child, you're like drawing yourself, like drawing Mm -hmm. who, who you want to be. It's funny that you say that you were like lying about, about (laughs) singing because, or that you were a singer because it's like, it was almost like your future self, like got into a time machine, jumped in your body and and said like no this is what you say this is who you are you know literally. and it was probably the most honest thing that you said you literally. know
1: literally it was very much like i may not know it now but i'm a singer and i'm a performer get into it
0: <laughs> oh yes i love yeah. that i love that because so many of us um have like this there's like a little candle a little light inside of us that is like, okay, this is who I am, and 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 we're so afraid that um, it's never actually going to turn into a, a flame. And sometimes, sometimes you're the only one that stokes that fire. And just to be able to to do that for yourself, I think hearing that is so important for people. I'm so glad you you shared that. Um, so what have you been up to? During this like madness, COVID, you said that you've been flourishing because you're you're used to being able to kind of manage. I I feel the same way in the sense that like you know I I'm I'm an introvert that likes to be social, and so I've been able to to do well. But even even for me, it's 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 starting to get um, it's starting to get really intense. I guess not only because of COVID and all that is so uncertain because Mm. of it, but but, you know, the state of of racism and anti-Blackness as a kind of real global pandemic as well. So how are you? How are you managing? How are you during this time?
1: Um, excuse me. Uh, I don't know if I am flourishing. I am pushing myself toward that. I think mm-hmm. I am... I'm okay, you know? Like, I think in general you know we black people have been experiencing this in various states for years for decades for centuries and it it kind of mutes itself for a little bit then it comes back up just like depression or just like you know anything that is um cyclical and it's kind of sick that a man-made concept is cyclical because like depression is a clinical thing you know but um this concept of racism was invented um you know, by one specific party and spread all over the world because anti blackness is global, mm-hmm. so um, I'm okay, you know because we've been through worse, <laughs> we've been we haven't, but I know our bloodlines have you know, and so I feel that when I read the books, I'm like, oof, when I hear the stories, I'm like, oof, I feel that i I like know what that feels like because when people when we see these things on the news, when we read these stories, we're just like, yeah, that." sounds about white sounds like it was you know (laughs) so being faced with all of that that fear-mongering is treacherous like it's just so scary to me but um I hate to say that we we're like I don't want to say we're built for it because it's fucked up we shouldn't have to be but it Mm -hmm. just is like yeah you know we're used to this and um I think the kid in me wants to see it go away because I just didn't think that this was the world I was growing up into. Like, I knew that I was going to be a fighter and a warrior, but I just thought maybe it would be for, like, identity or, you know, or just, like, honestly, I thought my gig would be the first non-binary person to be on a tabloid for dating uh, a, uh, an identified straight person <laughs> and changing,
0: <laughs> you know, because I'm
1: like, because that really happens. Like behind the scenes, like the girls are dating the boys, you know what I mean? Like they're really, right. they're dating the trade, like full on dating. And I'm like, I want to see that played out. Like the only way things can change is if, if we uncover truths. Um, but that's another conversation or, or another moment in our conversation, but mm-hmm. I've been really good. I've been working, um, as soon as COVID hit, I was putting out a project and I was like, damn, how do I do this? And, um, I kind of paused at the beginning of COVID to see what it was so that I could put out that project either in a smart way or just see, you know, how, like how, like we didn't know how to sell things during COVID at first. Right. We were like, "Right, right, how did that work? and um then i put it off again and then i released it and it did well and then um i put off some more work when um the protest started because i wanted to make sure i was active in that so i don't know i'm day to day because it's changing right it changes every day like we think we're getting close to it being over and we think um and then we get back you know because people are still out in the swimming pools at the parties sipping the drinks and sharing the rona
0: so, right. So
1: I don't know how I am, babe. To be honest, I'm sitting here and I'm right. like, "How are you, Saturn?" Like I'm like, "I like you ask me, and then I ask myself."
0: <laughs> I'm like, "You ask that's- your
1: question. How do you feel?" <laughs> I don't know.
0: I mean, you know, I I think, but that's real. You know, it, it's it's really hard to kind of process everything. I think the thing that like has made me the most exhausted is is just, I, I think the the death of Breonna Taylor, mm. and um, and the lack of kind of media attention and coverage. And I'm so grateful that we are protesting and honoring George Floyd's life. You know, um, and I and I just think about you know all of the cis black women the black trans women that, that die. And we oftentimes don't know their names or, or they kind of fall, uh, kind of, you know, in the background and, and we, we see their images maybe, and then that's it. There's no accountability and, and, and their lives just kind of get lost. And, and when I think about that, when I sit with that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to, how do you answer, how are you doing? You know? And, and, and I guess, um, I guess the, the, the question that I have for you, cause this is something that has been kind of occupying my mind. It's like, you know, there's so many kind of w- white allies that have now suddenly woken up to, to, to this as a, as a crisis. And there's something that's really exciting about that, but then there's also something really maddening about it. And I, I'm curious, like what, what, what does that this particular times in terms of race relations and um and 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 the fact that now it seems like it's part of the national conversation?
1: Yeah. Um with you know, Brianna Taylor and you know um so many queer people, I mean like Nina Pop, Tony McDade, like just names that we're not saying and like with Brianna it's like I don't know because like what are what are they trying to do with that like is is she intentionally being ignored because like there's so many of us that say her name every day and then the you know like for the people or her government to be like oh here's a law name after her but we're not doing anything about the guys that you know unlawfully killed her
0: I guess the 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 big question for me is like does does the fact that there are so many people right now oh, yeah. uh feel like that this is this is the you know
1: mm-hmm. the moment.
0: Yeah. The moment yeah does it does it feel does it feel genuine? does it feel exhausting? Does it feel like people are leaning on you or does it feel like people are able to kind of stand on their own feet and do the research and and actually roll up their sleeves and and help to kind of end this kind of racism that we've been subjected to for hundreds and hundreds of years?
1: I think it's um all of the above e <laughs> because <laughs> Because there are still people who are doing doing performative check-ins, right? Um, there are people who are doing a lot of the work. And at the same time, for the people who are doing the work, you're thankful. But like you said, it's maddening because it's like, there's almost resentment for like, why now? I'm happy that it's now, but why now? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like there, it kind of brings me to tears because it's like... <sighs> We say, "Why now, right now, but hopefully this becomes a moment of that's when it started, but for us who have been here for so long, waiting for this support, you're relieved, but you're like, "Damn, like I'm still out of breath, like you're not relieving me for real, I'm still out of breath like i we've been fighting, I still see it every day, you know i, I see white people getting close to uh back to their regular posting and enjoying their lives again, and I'm like, you know." how many of us to be real, how many of us resent that in this time? You know, I never Mm. grew up as a person that resented anything about white people because I never factored them into my happiness. Mm. Um, Talk
0: about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just never have looked for their approval or for their acceptance. I always was just like, and that could be a trip, like a, like that could be attributed to me going to white schools, but I've always equalized myself. I've, I've never been less than anyone. So I've just been like, I'll take up this space, no matter how stupid or racist you are, but that does start to wear on you that um that uh thing that you build up that uh, tough armor that you build up it starts to weigh to weigh on you and then now it's something that's so outside of yourself it's it's you know you realize now it's global and then everybody else wants to help out, and you're just you just don't know what to do because will they continue to fight for us will this because the thing is. The way this government is set up, they're like, they are throwing everything at us. Like, you know, like this is like a video game to them. They are just throwing blades. Like which one's gonna get you? You know, like Sonic or whoever because I don't play any games, but whoever throw <laughs> whatever little darts they have in their little invisible back pocket. Like that is what right. the government's doing. And I was <sighs> just thinking today about rights in general, right? So the biggest thing here for me. Is white people have to show up in the in the behind the scenes ways, really? Because a lot of people um, focus so much on what they on how laws affect them. And at the end of the day, I don't really feel like one law for your pension is really going to affect you either way. You might get a little more on the back end of when you're old, or a little less. But like, if trans people don't have rights what is that really doing for your society? Like, imagine if you're like an old white person voting for your pension alone. What if a trans girl got her rights? Then do you know how much more power that gives you? Because it's still a pecking order.
0: Right.
1: So if you fought for the trans girl, then that means 10 more rights are going to come your way because they have to keep you ahead anyway.
0: Right. So you might
1: as well just go ahead and fight for us so that then you can get your bigger benefit anyway. And I'm just like, the girls are here fighting for scraps. And that is what this is all based on. It's like, well, I'm white in Minnesota and I want to be able to grab an extra Snickers at the Quickie Mart. You know And I'm like? Girl, that, shut the fuck up. Like, that is not important. Fight for the people that are the least of, you know, that, that have the, the least in this um, battle or who are going to gain the least. And that way you gain more and then we'll work from there. But we're so beneath what is given, like what is given, yeah. right? you know, there's no, there's just no, I don't know. It's
0: crazy. This is, this is what's so maddening about it that we, then this is for me, the, the biggest point, the reason why it's so maddening is that it's, it, it is constantly distracting us from our lives and we're constantly having to prove that we are human, that we are equal and make us equal, make us equal. No, really we're this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that distracts us from our life while white people that are, you know, that come with their privilege to continue to go to work and write that email and send that thing and get that invoice and, you know, move into that apartment and buy Mm -hmm. that house and eat nutritious food. And, you know, and meanwhile, we're just trying to get to a place where it's like, but we're equal, right? Like, but, but, you know, she is a black. Woman. She's equal, right? Yeah, and it's because yeah. she's doesn't. You know, she's yeah. equal, and, and it's just so fucking distracting. And I and I and I hear you. Like, there's something about me that like um, this actually blew my mind. Like, there's something about like going online and seeing people going back to their regular lives and like posting like pool day photos with their families or like you know Fourth of July stuff. And and um, there's there's something that like feels very familiar, you know, when you look at like images of the civil rights movement uh, and you see like, you know, beautiful, young black, you know, folks that are in their twenties getting hosed down, bitten by police dogs, getting beating up, like just fighting, you know, and then you cut to the same era for white people. And it was like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like the like peace movement and the hippie movement. And they're like running naked in fields and growing their hair long and like living their best lives. And to know that there could not only just be two realities, but that that still not only exists, but can still exist in a, in a moment like this, you know, mm-hmm. is maddening. It's maddening. It's maddening. And you can see it on Instagram. It's like I, I posted the black box check uh black lives matter hashtag black lives matter check Uh, i called my one black friend check made them do all the heavy lifting check and you know I'm i'm tired you know i am tired you know and um and you're tired of doing that for for a week you know
1: literally
0: and, and just imagine, just imagine how we feel. Just imagine how we feel, you know? And so it's important like for me to think about like, what is that? What is, What does reparations look like? What does peace of mind look like on a daily basis? And also what does resistance look like? So I guess that's my question to you. Like, what does resistance look Like on a daily basis for you in your own way?
1: I mean, for me, it is what life is. It is my continual um, presence. You know, I think Juliana Huxtable said, what's the, someone asked her, um, she's an amazing um, Black woman, trans Black woman, uh, queer Black woman, DJ, like artist, concept living enigma like she's amazing but someone said um what is the nastiest read or shade you've ever given and she and she just simply answered my existence and I was like yes "Yes." um because that's what it is you know like I don't even know anything else but to like you know, stay in these hoes' faces, which is, like, these white hoes, because I'm, like, like, and, and, like, you know, to all my white friends, none of them have bucked at my language. None of them have ever batted one eye at the way that I describe things because, like, you know, as your grandma says, like, I wasn't talking about you, you know, but a hit right. dog will Right,
0: <laughs> right, Because right.
1: Uh, to me, like, the actual resistance and fight is theirs, because if they are not comfortable in a world where black trans bodies are mutilated or discriminated against, pick one, you know, cause those are the options. And some exalted, you know, some exalted, but for like, you know, poking and prodding, you know, let's see how this works in our society. Um, but I think it's for them to stay rebellious, them to stay, Focused on making sure that their fathers and their sisters and their brothers and their mothers know that they don't like this shit That they don't want to see a world like this and that they stay on each other's necks about it Leave us alone, but stay on each other about it because Reparations is, con- is continual Right yeah. um, Equality, fight for equity and equality is continual Like you said, people go to their office, they write their email, they move into their apartment Have you asked your landlord how many black people live in there? How many queer black people live in there? Have you asked why not? Have you asked, oh, I know someone who's looking for an apartment. Do you guys have um, low income here so I can tell someone to come get them a a space to live? You know, like, like, are you making sure that the spaces that you're in look like the fight that you're fighting for? Because a lot of times it's like, oh, I donated my money. Let me watch the episode of The Simpsons. No, bitch. Donate (laughs) your money. (laughs) And then... Make sure that you know the halls down the hallway got some cable in order to watch The Simpsons too. Like make sure the girls are eating the same food, the nutritional food that you're eating. You see a black girl in line at Whole Foods, buy her food. Yeah. Cause you can, you can, you can. You know, it's just little things like make, go out of your way. To me, it really, the slogan should be give up your lives. And I, and I like it because it's very dramatic and I'm a very dramatic person when it comes to like messages. I'm like let me just give it to you harsh and then we can unpack. Give up your lives because if you give up all your comfort, you'll still be comfortable I'm certain. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you give like if you willingly give up all these things, no one's actually going to take away your privilege and your home and all these other fucking things because that is the way right. our life is set up right now. Well, maybe your kids won't benefit from white supremacy the way that you have, um but they'll still benefit from it and the generation after that. But we're starting t- something so that we can start teaching the generations after us how to act with each other.
0: Well, and the the great benefit for for their children is that they get to be, finally divorce themselves from the illness. Come whiteness.
1: on. Because it is a fucking illness. Like, I... Girl, I say that black people need free therapy, but white people need mandatory therapy. Because why are you like that? You know what I mean? What is wrong with you?
0: why are you like that? Like, sit
1: on down. I ain't even mad at you. I know you just said, nigga, that's fine. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, like, that don't even affect me like that because I'm not, you, you don't have no weight over me like that. But what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why you got to say stuff like that? You okay? Like that's really like right. like that's really what it is. Like, what in the mental illness is going on here? Is it diagnosed?
0: Well, and this is this is this is something that I I, I love to think about. Like Toni Morrison, um, you know, said in an interview with uh, Charlie Rose. Um, that she always knew that she was morally superior. And Absolutely. she thought that white people knew that too. <laughs> you know? and they do. Like it wasn't like it, it, you know, that, that if you need to, if that the only way that you can feel strong and powerful and tall is that you literally stand on someone's neck. And, and, and so she, justice has has always known that she's morally superior i guess i've always walked around with the energy of knowing that i've mm. always been morally superior because i've my joy my sense of self-worth my sense of dignity isn't tethered to the suffering of any being yeah you know and and in fact the exact opposite Come is on. is 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 what my being is tethered to that that all beings feel free that that there is peace in all of our hearts that we have the things that we need and and i'm attached to those things so i can't even intellectually spiritually understand how someone could walk around <laughs> saying crazy shit just like you know all the Karen stuff this is what i love about <laughs> the culture right now and how they're like full of internet assassins you know because if we actually waited for a court system to get these people or mm-hmm. you know it just wouldn't happen but this mm-hmm. this 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 crowd that we have right now is able to just kind of execute in the in the best way but anyways what always tickles me about these Karens is like, you know, they have this like sense of deep, deep, deep entitlement. Like, what are you doing over there? Are you spray painting on (laughs) on a neighbor's wall? Do you even live here? That kind of, I've never ever, can you recall one time you've ever walked up to someone to ask them what they were doing? I've
1: never even given a fuck.
0: That you didn't even know? You know what I mean? Like,
1: I've never even been like, listen, I don't know if it's a symptom of being Black because then we can unpack that too, but I think it was, you know what I mean? (laughs) Mind your business. I I mind my damn business. But literally, but you know, like when you mind your business, but you care a little bit, like I'm going to give an example about about my Black grandma. Growing up, she used to... (laughs) now, Now, my grandma, just to give context, is um you know my 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 grandfather is 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 darker skin my my grandmother is you know like i guess a little caramel but and like she has and i hope she never hears this but she has a little bit of you know some of that shit that you know lighter skin grandmas have from that age she feel a little superior or whatever and i'm like right Right. but 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 you did get you a dark man so i'm gonna give you that but she used to stop at People fighting on the street and just sit and watch. And this is like a, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just be like, and, and look, now I'm like, you got a little bit of Karen in you, Mimi. Like, what? <laughs> what you sitting and stopping for? Like, that is not our business, girl. Like, <laughs> but, but you know, like, I've never cared. Like, I just have never cared. And I don't know if it's because I've had my own business to protect. Um, I mean, not now, but when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I walked around hiding certain things. But I'm just like, I just, I, I think. I'm giving a lot of pass here because the truth is that I just don't care what someone else is doing with their time. As long as someone else is not hurting someone, I could care less. Like, I'm not even a neighbor that really cares too much about what you're doing in your house. I did ask my manager what the fuck was going on upstairs because they were installing carpet. And I was like, now listen, you're not right, just going right, to be banging right. from nine to nine.
0: <laughs> like <you Right>. <laughs> And not let anybody know. You know,
1: a little bit of because I would have found me something to do here in this COVID. Okay, I would have taken a stroll, like something. But but, you know, that is just to say, I just don't have that in me, and I don't understand why. Like, I love the culture, like you said, like 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 the internet culture um, around um, you know getting these people together and finding where people work and getting them fired. Cause there is this conversation. How I wonder how you feel. I'm gonna flip the table on you. How do you how do you feel about cancel culture? Because I had a friend come over the other day and they were um talking about how they didn't agree with cancel culture. But my opinion was if Camila Cabello, this white girl, but she's of Latin descent or a Latinx descent, um she she is now Cinderella, but she was just found out like a couple of months ago this here year in the 20th 20s, um, saying that she had a racist Tumblr when she was like 15. And she's like, I just didn't know any better. And I just, you know, I'm so sorry for whoever I made of hurt. And I'm like, so then y'all announce her as a Cinderella? Like, I don't see why I have to worry about like forgiving her. I don't see why I have to be a part of her forgiveness. Even with like, you know, these Karens, we have to like see their apologies or these CEOs, I guess a CEO recently just did something um, racist somewhere. Like I try not to read it, but I'm just like, and then I have to hear about him apologizing. Like, I don't care. Get rid of him. There right. is another, right. there's someone else.
0: Certainly. I mean, there's, there's a hundred thousand other people mostly that are women that probably have not gotten the opportunity to be the CEO of his company, but probably should, you know, like there are millions and millions of other people that, that don't have racist tumblers in the past, uh, totally. that you could put on, you know, that, that are beautiful musicians that we need to make space for. I, 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 my feeling is this: like I feel like we do need to have as much like grace and forgiveness for people that like honestly have made a mistake and have then lived a, a life that that honors go. the 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 knowledge that they were able to acquire when they were fifteen or twenty or twenty five or whatever. But but when there is no evidence of of, of that shift in your life. And so you can say like, I'm not racist. And like every board member at your company is white, or uh, I'm not homophobic. And, you know, the, the, as soon as like, you know, someone thinks that you could potentially maybe kind of be queer as like, it's like somebody like calling you like Hitler or something, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of like, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's changed behavior that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And right now, like this, this whole thing about council culture, I think it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's important that we be honest. I want to know what people are thinking. Mm -hmm. So I don't want for people to edit themselves into a place where I feel unsafe and I don't know who to trust because I don't know what your real thoughts are. So give it to me straight, you know, whether you're Homophobic, racist, uh, you know, misogynist. Mm-hmm. Let, give it to me straight, so that I know this is these are the people that I uh, am around, you know, or that or that these are your views, you know. Um, but I do think that that people need to be mindful of the things that they say. It's oftentimes, you know, folks that have been given some kind of privilege whether you're a white man or a black man and suddenly someone is telling you no you can't say that no you can't occupy that space no back the fuck up you can't do that and, and it seems like such a violation and and the attack of course they give to people that attack them is like oh my god you guys are just so delicate oh my god you delicate flowers like come on like just like mm-hmm. you know yeah get some tougher skin like the world isn't made to be like a big like comfy like fluff of whatever to make you feel safe but as soon as you attack them they're like well no wait a second i get to say whatever i want to (laughs) say well no baby, that's not how it works you know you can say what you want to say but then you get the wrath of god period (laughs) It
1: it. you can say
0: whatever you want to say, but here's the wrath.
1: More than welcome. And
0: and and if you're happy to get the heat, then continue saying what you gotta say, you know. And if you want people to patronize your business, to listen to your music, to go to your shows, then you better have that energy that we want to hear and experience. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't, then it's deuces. That's it. And that's what it
1: gives. I don't know why. I've always said, and this might be just because I'm a Charmed fan, but I've always been like, why isn't there like a moral police? Like, why aren't the higher ups, like, yes. morally? Yes. Like, like, why council,
0: like a moral council. You
1: know, and like, I, of course, I'm sure there is room, a bunch of room for error there, because then when we treat you like a God, then you go, thank you, God, and da, da, da. But I'm just like, you know, on some level, some of us must have all the good intentions. I know I do. You know what I mean? Like, I know I don't wish bad for real bad on anyone there's been some exes that i've been like i don't give a fuck what you do you know but generally speaking i want everybody to have what they you know what they work for and what they deserve and you know equality and such so i'm just like why can't that be who's in power because i'm just like damn like we just keep finding out every day that somebody is a mess (laughs) you know what i mean like somebody is just a mess i was thinking today because you know I want to um, get into more, you know, just like uh, um, I guess, like things like this, like you know, talking and just sharing thoughts and opinion. And 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 I'm like, well, girl, what if you get too, you know, morally conscious and correct, and the girls just can't take that, you know? I'm like, then, you know, like just then, do you become like enemy just because you wanted good things in the world? And it's just like it's such a weird state to be in that that is kind of the fear and like maybe why a lot of people don't really go ham on a lot of things and why people really don't hold a lot of people accountable because nobody wants to be the nerd in the room. who's like, well, actually the right way to do that is, you know, it's like, but no, somebody should.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I say, I say you be, you be that 100% version of yourself because we need it. You know, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like it is such a blessing to be someone that is fully, like actualized and and you know has agency and is able to to think and feel and 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 speak with such clarity and so if you got that in you that's a gift and and we share gifts you know so uh. for me it's like you got you know you got to you got to let that energy out and also for the people that are intimidated what you know with that energy then then they exit that's it you know i cool. i i love i love being able to 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 quickly you know empty out a room of people that have like no care for me i don't want to be in a room where i feel like i'm amongst friends only to find out that no actually uh you you don't have love for me, you know? So Mm -hmm. if I if I can do something that's a litmus test Mm -hmm. that clears the room, then then I'm I'm here for that. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, well, people will love it and will love you more for it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's that thing like, um I do this more often than not, but it's always like people will be like, did you just meet that boy? Why were you acting like that? I'm like, girl, because if you show him you crazy he can then decide if he's going to be around or not. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I never lied to you. I never, I never lied, lied
1: to you, baby, okay? Now, look, I, it's funny. I just, I, I had like a, I don't know if I can say this because of COVID, but he said he was. He didn't have the COVID, girl. So Please. I had a little t- So, I had a little date the other day, girl. I didn't know it was a date. Oh, Lord, he'll hear this child. Okay. It was a weird situation. But he came over and I was trying to make a quick breakfast. And I, uh, a quick breakfast for me is bacon, egg, and grits. And so I was cooking real fast. And, girl, the grits splattered on my wrist.
0: And I
1: have the biggest boil on my hand now from the grits. But as soon as I splattered, I, you know, he's like, I'm here. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm at the door with the ice pack on. Like, hi, how are you? He's like, what happened? I was like, oh, I just like burn myself making grits and I cut my finger earlier too. Hold on. Give me a second. My hair is all messed up. Cause I wasn't ready yet. You know, I'm like, well, he's going to have to figure it out, you know? <laughs> so if you make that, you know, just be who you are and let people decide, but be a good yes. person, Hopefully and let people decide, you know, get rid yes. of the bad ones.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I think this leads me to the, the, the question that I really want to ask you. Um, um, what is a one lesson that you had learned that no longer serves you that you are now working on unlearning?
1: Ooh, a lesson.
0: Yeah, and just while you think about that, the reason why I ask you is, is and I and I ask all of the guests the, this particular question is because there's just so many things that we spend so much time, like so much knowledge that we acquire and the younger versions of ourselves are always like overly confident about the things that we think we know. And then you, you grow and then you realize like, Oh my God, that thing that I thought, like, for example, what you were just talking about um, you know, a younger version of myself would have been like, no, you let that person meet your ambassador. The perfect person with the breakfast is already on the table. And then they're going to walk away like, oh, my God, I just met Faiza. And she had the grit. She had the bacon. She had the, you know, uh-huh. and it was all perfect. and Her hair was perfect, you know. And, and now it's like, no. I want you to get it raw, and if you like it raw, <laughs> <then> you're gonna <laughs> like me, you know. And this is, and and, and I'm gonna know you like me, you know. But I had to unlearn, I had to unlearn that, like, give it to them packaged and perfect and per- and pretty, you know, mm. T- to 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 get to myself, you know. Yeah. So, what what what's something you've had to unlearn?
1: so that has a that's like three points so i just released a project called venus virgo and my venus is in virgo astrologically and virgo beyonce michael is a perfectionist um Mm -hmm. you apply that to your love life and you become an analytical lover you know you want to um virgo i think is like the most feminine sign or something like that and it's like you know, femininity goes with nurturing and all these other things, blah, 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 Cause I find that a little crazy to say, cause some, you know, some feminine energies are not nurturing <laughs> and that's fine. Amen. But, okay. All feminine identities here, you know, but, uh, I, that means for me that I am very nurturing, but it is very much. So let me just give you what you need and then let me go finish perfecting everything else. And let me try to perfect you too. And I think That is something that I grew up seeing. My mom is a perfectionist, um, you know, and so much so that sometimes we ignore what is just okay to go for what is completely wrong. And we think we can, like, build that from the ground up and, like, nurture it almost to, like, meet us on our journey or, like, have that, like, respect for us on our journey. And my grandmother, the same grandmother I was talking about earlier, she... Um, is big in my life because we started talking at some point in my life. We just She really started telling me stories. And she, I think I was brought here on this here planet when she was 50. And so there was a time when we were talking when I was like 18. And she was just like, I wish I was never so worried about being perfect. You know, like I don't really have friends who know me as myself. They know me as Perfect Audrey. I'm the girl who... Is beautiful and ready to go at all times and looks good and has the money to do this and, you know, the kids, the family, the house and all these things and not knowing all the things that go on behind those doors. Because when people know about you, I I think in Black families overall, but I know in mine, when people think that you're perfect, there is no room for your mistakes. And I think what I'm still learning is that I have to have room for my own mistakes and hold myself accountable for those by letting other people in on those. Because if I, I spend so much time trying to put up these facades for other people, then I won't have time to fix that for myself. And therefore, it'll never be fixed. And I'll be 50 something, or I'll be in my later life telling my grandkids, don't be like me, like she was. And I know, and I, I mean, to me, she's, perfect in all her imperfections because i'm because i'm her kid and i've seen her in all her ways but i get that she feels like unseen in her in her regular way you know i remember one time she was so dramatic she um she's a beauty queen basically and she has you know back in the day when you have bad teeth you got caps so she got caps and i guess one day recently like maybe in the last 10 years her one of her caps fell out and her rebellion instead of being perfect, she just let the cap fall off. And my dad was like, mama, put your fucking tooth back in. What the fuck? But I felt her. She was like, no, I want to be imperfect. Look at me, you know?
0: Yes.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. So, So I think that's something that a Leo like me works on. And then especially in love, because... My prayer when I was younger, you know, people talk about Sierra's prayer. What did she pray? My right. prayer was.
0: <laughs> Why is she holding you so close to her chest?
1: Anyway, right. yeah, Tell us. But secretly, they, 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 they need to know what you prayed, girl, because you've got it going on too. But, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, claim it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my prayer when I was younger was, God, I can just have fame. I don't need love and fame wasn't about the fame but it was like okay I want to have something in the world that makes me important for my art and mm. for all these other things but I did that because I didn't feel like I could have it when I was a kid I felt like it was off the table for me because I was queer because of my identity and because of just my system of how I operate it. and mm. now I'm trying to operate in a love space where I am open to these things and these are just things that That's something that I actually taught myself. The perfectionist thing was passed down to me, but I took it on and said, I actually don't need anyone to love me. I can just, you know, make it on my own. And that is not true. Love is essential, whether it's friendship, whether it's intimacy with a partner, whether it's all of the above, whether it's a child, like, you know, like having a kid or whether it's like, you know, just whatever... Wherever you source your, um, wherever you put your love into, actually, because that's what I really realized. It's not about taking love. It's about putting your love into something. And I think that goes back to the Venus Virgo thing for me. Is like, I'm learning, I do have the capacity to put my my love into something, but I also have to receive it and receive it as it is. I cannot nurture it to what I want it to be. It will be what it is and I can share space with it. And that is something that I have to mutate in order to understand because all of my being is about what makes me comfortable and like what I want to do and da, 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 da and now I have to learn how to share that. And I think my friends have taught me that. And I think intimacy with a partner will teach me that. And I know ultimately a child will fix that because you ain't really got no room to be trying to like argue with a child about what love looks like between like you know what I mean like the child's like I don't care here's this I'm throwing it at you pick it up you know what I mean like you know you gotta roll with whoever your children are and so I just am now allowing myself to have that journey and I know that's very normative journey I think because a lot of people resist that especially in queer communities but I think it is possible for me and that is something that I do want to um Offer myself to. And I think I'm unlearning the idea that I couldn't have that. So,
0: Saturn, this has just been such a beautiful conversation. It always is. I appreciate you so much. Thank Dang. you so much for making time to chat with us. Um, always down. Um... Uh, and so, for the folks that are out there listening, if you want to follow Saturn and um, and all of the dope work. Uh, your IG handle is at S A T U R N R I S I N, and then the number nine. Yes. Um, I. Love you. I I appreciate you so much. (laughs) And um I can't wait until this like COVID thing goes away so I can come to LA and give you a big hug and hang out and
1: um I mean I'm trying to go to to Paris. So
0: Yes, come to Paris. (laughs) Paris.
1: black girls in Paris, period.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) No, thank you for having me. I, I really am so happy to um you know, share the space with you and talk with you. And I appreciate you for having me on your platform, darling.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just a mm-hmm. second guessing